0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Eric Russell and we continue our weekly servant leadership discussions. This week, we focus on the foundational nature of listening in servant leadership and its necessity for successful, healthy organizations. Russell, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Welcome back. It's always great to have a chance to talk with you, my friend. Um, This week, we are going to be continuing our weekly Servant Leadership series where we discuss different aspects, facets, principles related to Servant Leadership. Uh, And this week, we're going to be talking about uh, listening and the importance of listening Um, and really kind of the ins and outs of what does that really mean to listen in a way that allows you to be a servant leader. Uh, For for listeners who haven't had a chance to listen to our previous um, installments of the Servant Leadership Series, each week we are coming together to talk about these different aspects. uh, And uh, I'm joined again by Eric Russell, who is an HCI Research Associate, and a professor of emergency services at Utah Valley University. Um, Eric, before we dive on in, anything you would like to say or add or um, share about yourself or, or the context for the discussion today? So with, with leadership,
1: when, when you look at servant leadership literature and you go all the way back to Greenleaf, this is the foundation is listening. And listening leads to everything else. So this is an exciting topic to talk about. It's something that a lot of people think they're good at because they can hear, but most people don't know how to listen. This is, this is something, this is actually a skill set um, that individuals need to learn and they need to hone. So this 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 will be a good topic to talk about.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you you made the distinction between listening and hearing. I mean, unless we're hearing impaired uh, and part of the deaf community, I mean, we hear. We all hear, but the fact that we hear doesn't mean we actually understand or are actually listening to what people are saying to us. Uh, The two very different things. And and uh, we'll discuss more about this. But you know, as we go throughout um, the dialogue today, uh, I I hope that listeners will really carefully consider, you know, their practice as they. uh, communicate with their colleagues and with their subordinates and uh, people up the line, down the line, whatever, um, you know, are, are you actively and proactively listening and, you know, being in a space of full awareness around uh, the people uh, that you interact with? Or are you just hearing? Are you just kind of taking in what people say? And is it is it like the Charlie Brown, um, you know, when the, the, the adults are just going wah, wah, wah in the background. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what a lot of people do. When oh, yeah. they say they're listening, they're, they're really hearing, and they're not even really hearing either because they just aren't processing anything that's happening. Nope. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I think this will be a really great discussion. You already mentioned a little bit about why it's important uh, in terms of, you know, like it's, it is foundational to servant leadership. But why, why is, why is this at the core of everything it means to be uh, a true other centered servant leader?
1: So, yeah, that's a great question. It goes back to what Greenleaf said in the original essay, which is listening coupled with regular periods of reflection are essential to the growth of the servant leader. And it's because listening is the one thing that allows us to know what's going on, um, it's where it's where it all comes from. It's, it's, it's really listening. Think of listening as, is, is just a placeholder for understanding, you know, because the only way that you can understand, especially when, if you're, if you're, if you're person centric, if you're, if you're, if you're a person centric leader, the only way that you can understand people is by listening to people, you know, and it's not just listening to what's being said. It's, it's listening to what's not being said as well. And it's an understanding of, of, body language and personality and knowing your people, whether they're one off that day or or something like that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that as well. The whole listening to what's not being said, but it's knowing what's going on in your organization. We talk a lot in in stuff that both you and I write and, and, and a lot of other leadership literature, especially servant leadership, this idea of the ivory tower, you know, where your C-suite leaders, your top executives, your, your top administrators, they live in a bubble. And so a lot of times the only thing that, that they hear is that constant feedback from the people that are, that are within their, their immediate circle within that tower. But the successful leader is the leader that gets down to where the rubber meets the road. He or she leaves that office in that tower and they get down there onto that shop floor. They get down there with their people and they humbly listen to the things that are being said and the things that aren't being said. And they get down there with their people. And that's how you really know what's going on with your organization. Like if you care, if you care about your organization and you want to see it grow and thrive, and if an organization consists of its people and there's no difference, then you have to be down there with the people listening to them. Because that hierarchy ivory tower, if all you're getting is feedback from the people within that top group, you're essentially getting campfire speak. You know, that game that you'd play when you were a kid and you'd go camping with friends and stuff and you'd all sit around a campfire and one person would say something to the person next to them and then they had to repeat it to the person next to them and then the person next to them. Well, by the time it got around to you, it's a completely different thing. All right. And that's what happens when you're stuck in that, that seed sweep mindset of not being down there with the people is you're not, you're not going to know what's really going on because you never took that opportunity to get down there and listen. And we're also going to talk about towards the end, listening to self. And we'll get into that idea as well. But all of these things come together for success. And Greenleaf, Greenleaf tried to hammer this into the minds of people who read his work that in order to be a servant leader, in order to be a successful leader, it is really based upon listening because listening is, is, is knowing. Listening is understanding.
0: Yeah. And you frame this more broadly, right? It's about understanding. It's about awareness. It's about being in the moment, um, not being distracted when you're interacting with someone else. And we live in a society that's full of distractions. And so that's why, you know, when I, when I say the, the Charlie Brown, um, type of communication. I mean, you and I both have been in that situation so many times, and I suspect all the listeners have been too, where I'm standing there talking to someone who is important to me, sharing something that I feel is important for them. And they're like sitting there on their scrolling through their phone or, (laughs) you know, or whatever. And they're just not even engaging. And they say, yeah, I'm listening to you. But they're not engaging in any way. So they're not listening. They're probably not even hearing. They're not really aware of anything. They're not with you in the moment. And if if we can't do that, it, it does a couple of things. One, the understanding and awareness is not there. We just don't know. We just don't understand um, what is happening with the people around us. But it also is, is a matter of um respect and showing um showing that you care about the other person, right? And so if someone's talking to me and I'm constantly just scrolling through my phone or I'm constantly just thinking about what I'm gonna say next to counteract what they're saying or or whatever the case may be, then I'm not demonstrating to them that I actually care about them. Um, I care about myself. I, I'm, I care about making sure I sound smart in the next thing I say, right? I, I am worrying about, um, you know, 10 other different things related to my own ego, but I'm not related or I'm not, I'm not specifically uh, concerned about them in that moment. Uh, And so if we care about our people, if we, if we truly um, want to invest in them and empower them and support them, we have to understand them. And if we can't understand them, um, then we're there's, we don't have a chance of being a servant leader. Um, And, and you referred to the the ivory tower, the structures, the height, the, the multi-layered hierarchies. And that's, that's the traditional um, organization, right? That's for the last, since the industrial revolution, that's how organizations have been structured for efficiencies. And, and you have these bureaucracies that have emerged over time. Um, but that's not, that's not what's going to drive us to success um, long-term in this hyper-competitive global marketplace where companies need to be super agile They need to respond to, to rapidly shifting consumer demand and highly specialized consumer demand where they want exactly what they want. And they, they don't want like, it's, it's not like 50 years ago when you went to go pick out a car and there's like three car options, you know, and and maybe two colors. (laughs) Now we have, we have every option um, and we have to be responsive. We simply can't be responsive to our customers. If we're not listening to them, we can't be responsive to our employees and have an agile workplace, uh, an innovative workplace. If we're not listening, and we can't do that if we have this this um, multi layered hierarchy where you have all these people in the C suite or middle management who really are just reinforcing their own narrative over and over and over again, rather than actually paying attention to and listening to the challenges of the line workers, understanding those who are actually interfacing with customers on a regular basis, and despite their best intentions. Um, They may have the best intentions. They may want to be a servant leader. They may care about their people. They may want to support their people. It doesn't really matter, though, what their intention is if they can't actually do it. And they can't actually do it if they're not having those conversations uh, and if they're not taking the opportunity to truly listen to the people uh, that they count on each and every day. No, it's well said. Um,
1: think about, think about when you're talking to somebody and you can tell you can literally tell as you're speaking they're thinking about what they want to say next. you know think about just how insulting that is and i I agree you want you want to talk about just a gut punch to one of your followers. Have them, have them be talking to you or talking something important or giving some type of a presentation and you're looking at your phone. You're sending a text. We know through, through research that multitasking is, is BS. Like we, we, know, we know that. And so there's no way that if you're distracted that you can be listening to your people and actually ingesting what they're saying, so it can go over you in waves. That's why I love I love how you bring up the idea of Charlie Brown because that wah 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 wah. That's so true. Because if if you're distracted, that's really what's that's really what's going in. Because hearing and listening, because it's so different, being able to listen, being able to retain that information. We go back to the uh, the educational research of if you sit in a lecture, how much and you how much do you actually retain? Versus how much do you retain when you read versus how much do you retain when, 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 you're, when you're there and you're present and, and you're doing some type of a task to, that, that leads to learning? It, the, the numbers are up there. And your average person in a lecture, it, they'll remember like 10%. And I'm a lover of the lecture. like I like listening to smart people give lectures. I, I truly enjoy those things. But if you don't know how to sit there and and listen and ingest and stay stay on those words and, and watch them as they're they're painting that that with with what they're saying um you're you're definitely missing it even in that, but it comes down to respect, and I don't know if people do it on purpose um But if you're sitting there while your people are talking to you and you're on your phone, you're typing, you're on your computer. Like, I mean, we're in academia. You watch people come into faculty meetings and they have a computer in front of them and they're they're typing away the entire time they're in meeting. It's like, you're not even present. It's like, why don't you just say here and then get up and leave the damn room because (laughs) you're, you're not even there. It really comes down to do you respect your people? And I think that when leaders set their phones down and I can say that firsthand when you turn away from your computer, when you turn away from your phone and you you are present there with your people, what you gain as a leader isn't just that knowledge and awareness and understanding of what's going on but you ultimately gain what Greenleaf called the gift of power because when people realize that you genuinely care about them they gift to you power and it makes it makes your life easier because it's easier now to persuade people to to take your vision into fruition and we'll do we'll definitely do a talk on that but that starts with respect because when somebody respects you they learn to trust you and they realize that you respect them. It, it's that relationship again. And there's so much, you get again, what the Greenleaf said is legitimate power. And it comes as a gift from your people. And if you sit there and you, and you listen to people, another thing is, do you know your people's names? Now, I'm not saying you work for, you know, you're the executive of a company with 25,000 people. I don't expect you to know the names of every damn employee that works for you. But people who are in middle management, people who are team leads, people who are directors, um, do you know the names of the people that, that are around you? And that's a sign of respect, too, because it means that when they tell you their name, you truly listened and, and, and you wanted to know who they were. It, it all boils down to that, right? Doesn't it all boil
0: down to respect? Doesn't listening boil down to respect? If you respect somebody, you're willing to listen to. them. Yeah, I think so. And I think it really is about the human connection, right? Um, the when, when you're truly listening, those are moments where you are pre- completely present with the other person or people right around you. And you connect in a way that it's It's hard to describe, but we all know what it feels like when you truly have that kind of human connection. Uh, and if I want to to best support my people, I need to develop trust so that they're they can be inspired and they're willing to follow. And I can't do that unless we have a human connection. Um, you mentioned legitimate power, you know, and we can contrast that with position power. And we know from research that clearly, I mean, someone in the C-suite or, or middle management, they have position power, they have the title, they have um, the, the role that puts them, you know, over the top of people that report to them. And position power does carry power. But the most influential people that are, have the greatest ability to inspire and to create an environment where people can be motivated, they're the people with legitimate power. Um, and that only comes through authentic, Human connection and relationships in the building of trust, and of course, people can have both. People can have position power and legitimate power, um, but oftentimes that's not the case. Oftentimes you'll have people that don't have any formal leadership role, um, but they have a lot of legitimate power because they are just known and trusted, and um, and people around them know that they have their best interests at heart and that they're going to be someone who will step up and stand up for them. All those types of things, so the ideal is get, get get create an organization where everyone has that mindset that we want to help and support each other we want to have authentic human connection we want to uh, we want to listen to each other uh, and, and that includes the lowest level entry-level customer facing line workers um, all the way up through the C-suite you know, ideally the CEO will have both position power and legitimate power all the way on down. That's a dynamic organization. That's an organization that's truly people-centric where they care, they, they authentically, truly care about each other and they respect each other. And when that happens, uh, you have a, an amazing group of people together. And it's it's almost uh, impossible to know what you can accomplish in that kind of an environment because. People, people aren't going through the mental exercise of trying to see what, what's like the minimum amount I can do to, to contribute and still keep my job, right. uh, which is what a lot of people do in a lot of jobs, because we know that two thirds of all employees in the United States, we're really throughout the world are disengaged, actively disengaged in their jobs, right? Yeah. they yeah. they're, they're not, they're not mentally there. Um, there, there so many people are going through what's called withdrawal cognition. That means you, you simply are checked out of the workplace. You show up your physical body, you're there, you do the work, but you're doing the minimum amount of work required while you're kind of on the side, looking for your next job or your next opportunity. And that's what like two thirds of the workforce does on a regular basis. Um, contrast that with an environment where people are actually present, where they're actually invested and they care, they're engaged in their work, they're truly listening to each other. And those organizations are powerful. They innovate. Um, They can't help but innovate because you just have all these people together that that are truly fully invested and and they and the best just bubbles up over and over and over again. So that's what we're looking for. It's 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 not just the warm fuzzies of let's let's be people centric and let's support each other which we both believe in just for the intrinsic value of it. But it's also like, how do you create a really great organization? You create great organizations through servant leadership and through what we're talking about today. Um, That authentic human connection, listening, building trust, and, and then great things happen. Yeah.
1: Because when you sit, when you sit with an organization that has, has that, their people will take risks and they will be creative and they will be innovative and be, because they don't they're not in fear they're not in survival mode this is that whole thing those same people that feel disenfranchised and that are checked out a lot of those people will say listen it's self preservation i'm not speaking up i'm not going to say a damn thing i've got a i've got a kid with an underlying medical condition i need benefits i have i have no choice and so you have to ask yourself if you're in charge of that type of an organization and that's what you have, do you seriously think that you're going to go to the next level? Do you think your people are going to be like, Hey, we have this idea. We have that idea. We want to do this. I think back to the, uh, the book nuts. It's one, it's one of the coolest books, but it's, it's, it's the case study that was done on Southwest airlines, you know, and it talked about how, they decentralized leadership where your people could be out there and they could make decisions on the spot. And, and one of it had to do with um, Midway Airport. They had their executives out at, there was a team and they were out at Midway Airport and they had the opportunity of jumping into that airport to service Chicago versus going into O'Hare, which is expensive as hell. And right then and there, that group was able to make that decision and, and that ended up becoming this huge hub for Southwest Airlines. But it's because they worked in an organization where they felt that they could take the and they could have fallen on their face. I mean, that airport could have been a nightmare for them. Maybe it was too far away from the city, blah, blah, blah. You know, but they at least had, they had the environment in which to take a chance, and that chance ended up paying off. And I don't believe that you can have that type of environment unless it starts with an environment where you are actively listening as a leader and you're knowing your people. It all goes back to that. It all goes back to that trust-based relationship. And I can't wait to speak on trust. That talk will be awesome. In fact, it'll probably be a few of them, but it all starts with listening. And so we know through research and, and case study after case study that these companies, they all go back to the fact that they listen to their people and they actively listen to their people because the great companies of today, the ones that are successful and their stocks are going through the roof, um, they, have, they have that type of a communication. They have that type of a relationship and therefore they have that type of trust. And When you have that, you have creativity and innovation. You just, you just do. And we see it as well. I'll use another example. We see it as well in the military, especially in special forces. You know, they have, they have this unbelievable relationship with one another. They have open communications. There's times where they they don't even wear rank. You know, I had that, I had that in my career where the only way that we were successful with one another and we could navigate the things that we had to do, was we had to be close. We had to have trust. We had to have open communications. Not just the fact that you can get on comms and talk to one another, but the fact that you just you had honest to god, you know, communications with one another. Where if somebody said, "Hey, we can't do that," this is showing up. You wouldn't just dismiss them. You know, it's we're talking life and death situations. And the only way to build those great teams is is through that listening and and the only way to have that trust is is through listening, because that's definitely, that's definitely how a relationship is built. I'll give another example too let's look at let's look at marriages, marriages that fail. It's usually a lack of communication. You know, we can blame it on money, adultery, maybe kids, da 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 da. but it really boils down to you never really had good communication with one another. you never talked. And then the next thing you know, it just all boils over one day and you hate one another and you end up in a divorce. L- listening is key to relationships, to friendships, and to organizations. And the successful ones, and that includes marriages, are uh, ones with great communication and, and listening skills.
0: Yeah, those are great examples. Um, I had a couple come to mind while you were sharing that. Uh, one, the first one is uh, I was just talking the other day to um, kind of a mid, well, not a mid, it was even a, it was a C-suite level VP level person who was talking about the CEO. Um, and they were talking about uh, how these meetings go when the CEOs with all the VPs and they're having these big strategic discussions Mm -hmm. and as this person described it that the kind of the leadership style and the culture of this group is what would happen is the CEO would pose a question and say here's this really perplexing issue we're trying to grapple with and we're trying to deal with what should we do she'd ask the question and then she would say and here's what I think we should do oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then what, what do you think everyone else did at that point? <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. Um, so, so, and I've heard that. I've heard that example so many times over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has, yeah, I, she probably has the best of intentions, right? I, I'm sure she wants, she genuinely wants the input of the people around her. But because of the way she managed the discussion, she effectively shut down all meaningful um, dialogue. and and really didn't give her a chance to listen. Um, and so everyone, and it's also coupled with, with this per- particular person's style that people in the room over time have learned that they pretty much need to do exactly what she says or there will be ramifications, right? And mm-hmm. so they learn over time that when the CEO speaks, even if we disagree, even if we think it's you know, a bad idea for X, Y, Z reason, you know, we we really just need to fall in line, and we need to execute on what on what this person said. Um, that that's that's dysfunction. That's not listening, um, and and it's unfortunate because you have a whole room full of pretty uh, pretty intelligent people that could inform this big strategic discussion, right? Um, so I I've seen that so many times uh, over the years. Um, personally, that I leaders I've interacted with, but also when I go out and talk to other leaders uh, in different organizations. They, so that's that's one kind of not great example, right? Of of creating a context where there can be good dialogue, good listening. Um, in contrast, I was I was talking um, I was doing another interview for a podcast episode that came out earlier this week, and the interview that uh, the the person that I was interviewing has this rare. Um, neurological disorder that has impacted his voice. So literally, he lost his ability to speak. Uh, And he's a CEO of one of the oldest companies in the United States, founded back in 1848. Um, So he had this leadership style, and then over the course of of a relatively short period of time, he literally could not speak anymore. Um, That required him to really rethink you know, that critical reflection you were talking about earlier, to really consider his approach, his style, how he interacted with his people, what maybe wasn't so effective in the past. And because of his physical limitation, he had to listen more. And over the course of a couple of years, he completely turned on its head, his his style, to a, a model that instead of kind of this top-down, heavy-handed um uh position power um, with this high hierarchy, he, he, he frames it as dispersion of power and he he wants to spread out um, the uh, decision-making authority uh, and give people more autonomy and disperse power throughout the organization. Kind of like what you were just talking about in the example of Southwest. And he, he active, he like makes it a point, a matter of practice to actively go out and just listen, not listen to le- lecture. You know, a lot of people do that. They'll, You hear about leaders coming into new organizations and in, in a new role, and they'll go on listening tours, right? They'll go throughout the organization, the different divisions. They'll listen to what everyone's having to say. I'm a believer in that. I think that's a good idea when done authentically and when people are actually listening. But we also know that that's often not actually what's happening. They're going through the motions of listening, they're going around and trying to put on like this, this facade of, of listening to the input of people around them, but they really already know what they want to do, and they're, they're just going through the motions of it because they know that's what's expected of them. That's not what this, what this CEO is doing. He, he now, he realized, I need to get out amongst my people on a consistent, regular basis. Uh, I need to, and I just need to, to listen, not with an agenda, but just go and listen, hear them, truly hear them. And see what the struggles are, see what the challenges are, and and from that figure out you know new strategies for the organization, but also how can I help this person? How can I empower this person? Uh, and I loved that. I love the idea of dispersion of power. I love the idea of, of, um, of active listening, and that he he recognized after he was forced to recognize the power behind just listening with no agenda. Um, and over time, you know, this individual, he's, he, he's been able to regain some of the speaking ability, um, but he still, he still has a model of listening first. Uh, and, and, and then only then moving forward to try to, um, make decisions and make movements, you know, for new strategic directions of the organization. Mm -hmm. That that's powerful. Um, and just the act. Just that simple act of listening with no agenda, creating that authentic human connection, that simple act has done more to help him engender trust and and motivate his employees and to drive um, drive the meaningful work that the people do, just that simple act of him proactively listening and making a point of doing that on a regular basis. It's powerful. It is.
1: That's a great story. Yeah, because that, that gives you the perspective into other people's worlds when you experience that type of, I don't want to call it a a disability, but that type of a, a situation. You know, it's it's kind of like if you have a lower extremity injury and you, you injure yourself at the gym and you can't walk for a couple of days or it hurts, um, and then you can realize what people who actually have to deal with that every day. When people are like, oh, do you really need that wheelchair ramp? Or does it really need to be ADA compliant? It's like, yeah, try navigating the world with this injury every day. You know, sometimes sometimes Mother Nature does a good job at at teaching us humility in order to see the world through other people's um other people's perspective. Yeah. And it probably made him a better leader. It sucks that he has to go through it, but it made him a better leader.
0: And as far sure. as the
1: other leader is concerned, um, yeah, that's survival. It really is from your people. So you're, basically you're paying a bunch of people to be beeps, highly, probably all highly educated, all making six-figure incomes, and you're essentially just coming in there and giving the marching orders. Um, again, people who work for the most part, their lives are a game of survival. It really is it 's about self preservation and because we need it, we need our jobs, right we need our money, we need our benefits, we need them for our families um, they 're basically the lowest of the needs on maslow's on, in Maslow 's hierarchy is our physiological and safety needs, and that 's what a job is, and so if you 're that type of leader, you know that 's what you 're getting, but you know what stinks is that type of an organization will never be able to reach its true potential because its people will never, ever, ever speak up. They're just waiting for them. You know, they're just waiting for the next person to take charge and it's not their fault. It's ingrained in them. You know, that type of behavior.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it is, it's sad. Um, And it's discouraging to people Mm -hmm. who, who want to have meaningful work and who want to make a difference. And People will only butt their head up against that wall so many times before they decide I'm not p- putting up with this anymore. And they leave. And then, so oh, what happens is over time, your best people, your independent thinkers, your creative people, your high performers, they will se- self self select out of that organization when they're let, when they're led that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll just have this kind of, it's usually not like a rapid thing It it's usually kind of the slow downward spiral mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you, it's even hard to notice it as it's happening but you know you compare you know from one day five years ago to how it is now and all of a sudden you start to realize well wait a minute we've really lost a lot of like creative capacity in our team over the last five years and you hardly even noticed it as it was happening um you, yeah. know, you we just can't afford we can't. And no organization can afford to lose its best people like that. But one of the quickest ways to have people um, get ready to pick up and leave is to to lead them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you miss it, that goes to the other part
1: of listening. You're listening to the things that the great leaders listen to the things that aren't being said. They hear the things that aren't being said. So you're watching body language. You're watching retention rates. If you are a leader and you walk into a meeting and you've got, say, 15, 20 people sitting around a table and people are not speaking up, they're not making eye contact, all this kind of stuff, and you're just going on and on and on and on and on, eventually you fall, right? Like eventually, like you said, your best people are going to go walking out the door. And it's because you miss the things that aren't being said we we see, we see this we see this in the emergency services and in law enforcement and you see, you can tell when somebody's agitated and so it's your job at that moment especially if they just witness something horrible and you want to get some and you need to get something out of them right and so it's your job to take a step back in that moment and deescalate the situation and the best way to do that is just through calm listening and you see that in organizations all the time somebody might have somebody might just find out this this spouse has a terminal disease or you know they, they maybe they just had a miscarriage or something like that and they come in and they're agitated that day and you're like what the hell is wrong with you oh no and you can if if you know your people you know what's wrong with them and that's power because that allows you to go to them in that time and and, and basically serve them in that moment and get yeah. them better.
0: You'll be with them very differently, right? Oh, absolutely. If if absolutely. you if you if you are kind of this this um, fear-oriented, power-oriented leader, where you know you have someone come in like that, they come in a little bit late, they're a little bit. Um, you know, frustrated and they're, and that you can see that maybe they're acting out a little bit. If you go and you be with them in a mode of, I'm going to correct your behavior because you're being a bad employee, that's completely different than if you go to be with them because you see them and you understand them and you realize you're not normally like this. Like something must have happened. What can I do to help you and support you? Fundamentally two different approaches One's going to have good results. The other one's going to have bad results every single time. Um, it just is. So we need to make sure that we, we are with our people in a supportive fashion and that we try to put ourselves in their shoes a little bit. We can't fully understand what people, you know, I'm a man. I'm never going to understand what it's like to have the, my hopes and dreams tied up in a pregnancy and then have a miscarriage. I, I just can't possibly understand what that would be like. Uh, but I can try. I, I can try to have some compassion and I can try to be with that person. If someone has a family member who has cancer or some terminal disease, I can I can sure try to to be with them and to help them know that, you know what, it's okay. I get that right now, you probably can't be your most productive self at work because you're dealing with this horrible thing that's happening in your personal life. If I can support them in that moment, then they will remember that. They they may, their productivity may slip for a little while because they're dealing with something horrible, but they'll come back motivated and committed because they know they have people around them that care about them um, and they won't forget. And they'll share, they'll share with their colleagues. They'll, they'll say, do you know what, you know, so-and-so did for me while I was struggling? And, and that will spread and that culture will build and and you will have people, <clears throat> excuse me, that over time will recognize <clears throat> that we are there for each other. Uh, if you're dealing with something hard, we'll help you. And that will come back to me when I'm dealing with something hard. Because you know what? Everyone has to deal with hard crap in life. Like it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just a matter of when. Like it, it we take our turn. Um, and so... I I want to be there for for people when they're struggling. And and I know if I do that, that I will build authentic relationships where people will want to be there for me when I'm struggling. It's not necessarily even just, it's not like I'm expecting, like I do this for you, so now you have to do it for me because you owe me. But it's just the natural outcome of authentic relationships that people want to help each other. That's what we're shooting for.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't that what it really all boils down to? Is and, and you know what? There is a rational selfishness to it too. And that is from a leadership standpoint, if you're there for your people and you're listening to them and you're helping them heal and, and 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 get them through this hump, they're gonna be loyal to you. And they are going to give to you so much trust that you have them you have them forever. You know? There so there's even this rational selfishness in Caring about
0: caring about people and listening to them, it's there. Yeah, it's it's just the natural byproduct of it. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. like w- w- life is way too hard, and
1: it is. Life is very hard. It's very difficult. It's a series of successes and 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 and, and, and trials with a lot of boredom chucked in. Um, but it's hard enough to navigate this world as it is um, without somebody just being an ass, right? And if you can just care for somebody and listen to them and be there for them and just just let them be who they need to be in that moment, just for that moment, the world will be a
0: better place and we'll all we'll all get on better because of it. Yeah. Amen. Well, Eric, uh it has been uh a wonderful time talking with you about listening and how it relates to trust development and critical reflection and service. Uh, to others and and servant leadership. Um, we're uh, about out of time, so I think we'll probably just end it with with your final statement there. Um, but I hope I hope the listeners, uh, as you as you consider what we've discussed today, I hope you'll go back and and critically reflect on your own style and how you interact with other people and you know what do you do in the moment when you're with others and talking to them uh, and they're talking to you. Are you truly listening or are you just hearing? Um, and, you know, we all do it. We all slip into it where we're not truly, you know, paying attention. Um, but, it, it, you know, awareness is half the battle. So if, if, we, if we can recognize patterns and we can see what we're doing and how we're doing it, you know, then we can start to take simple steps to make ourselves uh, more mindful and more in the moment and, and be with those people that we're interacting with. Um, you know in, in meaningful, authentic ways to create those connections, so I hope I hope everyone will consider uh, what we've talked about and and uh, think about what you're doing uh, in your own style and practice within your organizations. Uh, you know Eric and I clearly we both believe that this is what will uh, help it's, it's a very simple thing, but it, it's one of the the foundations that will help for really um, creative, innovative, dynamic, healthy people-centric organization if we can just listen to each other better. So with that, thanks everyone. Um, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.